Hey, what's going on? Man, we made it. Can you believe it? The end of 2020 is upon us. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen considering the madness, but I want to give love to the amazing team here at NC Podcast and Stacey Carter for just coming together as a team. I got to say how amazing it's been putting together this amazing podcast. I think there's nothing like it. I mean, artists as diverse as St. Panther, who was recently voted best new artist on KCRW, Coffee, the first female Grammy recipient in the reggae category, DJ Shadow, a legend and an icon, Little Brother, who are just amazing at what they do, Cautious Clay, who's on the rise, Ambar Lucid, who's on the rise, Floating Points, probably the current day pioneers of electronic music today, and from Top Dog Entertainment, TDE, I'm talking about Sir and Nila Yanya, who just dropped a beautiful EP. We've had conversations with all these artists, as well as Hope Tala, but today's very special. We got another artist, somebody who may be under your radar, but uh, if he's on your radar, dope. But if he's not, yo, stick around. An interesting perspective from Sir Was, who was popped up on my radar via Little Dragon with the work that they had done. Okay, so the end of the year, we got that out of the way. Lots of conversations for you to check in the archives. And for those of you who don't know, my name is Anthony Valadez, and it's been an, an honor doing this podcast. Every week with the amazing team NC Podcast and Stacey Carter, we put together something that just has, I don't know, been honest, I guess, conversation about what's happening creatively and spatially during some of the most interesting times, the final year of President 45. I don't like saying his name. Also, just in a time of COVID, in a time of protests, in a time of George Floyd, with everything happening, Breonna Taylor, I mean, it's been an ugly fucking year to be quite blunt, but these conversations personally have helped me. And so it's been a true honor when I say that, I genuinely mean it, to kind of take our minds off that and kind of remember what it's like to create and what it's like to inspire one another. And I hope that at some point, these conversations have done that for you just as they have done for me. Okay, moving forward, let's look ahead, 2021. For those of you who don't know, I just landed a dream gig hosting Morning Becomes Eclectic, co-hosting with my homegirl Novina. It's going to be a lot of fun over at KCRW, which means my time with the podcast is very limited. So I'm going to call this the finale of season one. And looking ahead, I'm looking forward to um, more conversations with artists and at some point bringing it back to NC Podcast. That is the goal. But right now I got to focus on Morning Becomes Eclectic and that's going to be... Um, Pretty interesting job, to be quite honest and quite blunt. So I want to give love to Stacey Carter, my man. Uh, we still got to get some food together and to Jeremiah and the crew for their amazing insights with NC Podcasts. And in an age of yelling and name calling, civility always stood out about their mantra. And I love that. And it's been an honor hosting this wonderful podcast. OK, got that out of the way. Sir was. So we recorded this conversation one day as he was departing out of LAX, well, a little before that, on his way to LAX. And he came out to the beach and we decided to have this conversation because I'm a big fan of his music. There's something sincere, honest, and, and happy about his music. And he was out here working with a, a pretty big artist. I, I won't say his name, but uh, they were working together. And so I was able to grab him and like we hung out at the beach before he caught his flight. And it was amazing because his brother actually went into the ocean. I was like, yo, do you got to take a shower before you catch that flight? He's like, nah, I'm going to just 
hop on that LAX flight with Sin. And I thought that was so amazing and crazy, but he's such a positive spirit, very musically inclined and a good kid. Sir was. Let's get into that conversation. My name is Anthony Valadez. Follow me at Anthony Valadez on the social medias. Again, the finale of Public Space Podcast. This is it. I want to thank y'all. Have a great new year. Have a great holiday. Be safe. And uh, we'll catch you on season two, whenever that will be. But uh, don't go far. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Anthony Valadez. Today, we are hanging out with the self-proclaimed emo Viking. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Sir Was, how are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Of course. Honor. Welcome to Venice Beach. How does it feel? It feels unreal in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. It feels like I'm in a movie out here. It's, It's like... My secret dream, maybe when I was in the shower in my small bedroom apartment in Gothenburg, Sweden, and, uh, you know, dreaming about life and just like, it's kind of one of those dreams. Mm -hmm. And here I am sitting, being interviewed by an amazing guy (laughs) on (laughs) an amazing beach in Los Angeles. So you are very aware of sound. I'm curious. You mentioned that this is a dream. What what would this dream sound like if you can compose a song? To this? Yes. To this very moment? Yes. Uh, I think it would be a a rich pad and then maybe clarinets on top of it like drilling. On the left and the right, panned out very far out, as far as you can go. And then a nice plate on the clarinets. And on top of that, maybe some, uh, what are they called? These cicadas? Pizzicato? Cicadas. Cicadas. That's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That almost sounds like trap hyats. Yes. (laughs) In the middle. Yeah, yeah. And, And on top of that, maybe someone singing a beautiful gospel-like song. Yeah. Ah, I like that. Something like that. You're very creative. Am I? Yeah, I, I mean, clearly you are. I think so. Thank you. Do you I remember, do best. what were you like <laughs> as a kid? Were you always creative? Were you visual? Were you just in the sound? No, I I, uh, I think I was a very normal kid, uh, but um, I was very fortunate to, to grow up in a, in a household and with parents who could afford it and also had it in their mindset to to uh, like so actually I started playing cello when I was I don't know maybe six seven but I was way too young so I remember this clearly I was like digging a hole in the ground you know burying into the ground and and my mom come and said you know we have to go to the cello lesson and I remember this uh this uh, my teacher was a very depressed man from was it maybe Czech or Romania or some this guy was he's really struggling with the Swedish because I'm from Sweden you know and struggling with the language and I think he really struggled with himself in his life and and I was a child totally uninterested in playing cello you know so spoiled <laughs> but but then I stopped doing that and then I was a bit older I started playing saxophone and then I sort of got bitten by that thing you know it really hit me that and we had a piano at home so I'm very fortunate to 
you know, brought up with this having just a piano in the house and and. Uh, but that was Sweden back in the 80s when I'm growing up that you could get lessons for free. You didn't have to pay anything. You, you, they, they, this was a part of the schooling. So you could l- learn an instrument for free. I mean, how amazing isn't that? Yeah. So um, I'm a lucky guy. In my research, am I correct? Did you go to school in Africa? I did officially South go to Africa. school in Africa for six months. Uh-huh. I I went there as a sort of a... After I finished my studies in Gothenburg at the university there, I, I studied at the, like the jazz program and uh, studied also studied like counterpoint and things like that. I was that was amazing time and and after that I you can apply for this exchange program and I always wanted to go you know outside Europe and specifically somewhere in Africa. I mean I didn't know anything but I just like I have to go. I had never been outside Europe and so I got on this program. They have the exchange. Thing with a university in uh, South Africa in, uh, in Durban, the KwaZulu Natal University. So I got to go there, you know. You know, they they paid my flight tickets, everything. I could go there for free and just hang out for a couple of months. Yeah. That was mind blowing, you know, fantastic. Yeah. How did that shape your ear in terms of like what did you learn or what was it about learning in Africa that might have changed your perspective on music? I think it was the learning happened outside, you know, and because I met up a lot of great musicians that kind of took me in, and so I went with them to all different shows, and I, you know, was in these different jam sessions or just like a guest. I, I was still mostly that was my kind of transition period. I was playing the saxophone still, but I really wanted to get into the drums. So basically, I was usually maybe standing next to the drummer playing some sax part looking at the drummer mm. constantly mm. and just well what i learned the most important lesson i think was this sort of this sort of connection with the listener and the person who's actually playing it yeah. and making it you know feel this sort of driving force that is like straight communicative and like this raw, just like, we got these basic elements. And I mean, they had so many songs on the same chord progression and the beats and it was also just a fantastic thing for uh, this, you know, white kid from the Swedish uh, countryside coming out and seeing something else. And, you know, just learning about how different it can be and, meeting a lot of people who you know it was amazing it was totally amazing yeah in researching all this i, I was looking up a bio on you and i yeah. don't know if you wrote this or someone wrote it but it, no, I, I didn't wrote it but uh, <laughs> I, I hope it's okay he's amazing no this way <laughs> i mean you are but so this is what i read and i feel like this does relate in a lot of ways to what i hear uh, a balance of organic instrumentation and head bobbing beats like wow. to me, my takeaway from that is, it's organic, it's it's loose, but uh, but it's 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 beats which we always think as being quantized. Right, right, right. Loosely quantized is my takeaway. Yeah. But and then I hear that we were talking earlier about a minor life. Yeah, yeah. To me, that does that. Wow, man. What does that quote so mean to, to you? Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. I mean, uh, I'm happy that anyone would write that about my music. You know. Mm-hmm. 
it's uh, oh, that anybody <laughs> listens to it right yeah exactly <laughs> i mean it's it's as i said in the beginning it's it's unreal to be yeah. here and just someone wants to interview me i mean yeah. someone like you thank you it's amazing i, I am a someone <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> but truly. but you also what i love is that you're humble and and you're uh you know you're still finding your footing through sound but you're also somebody who has a job back home yeah i mean uh, i've been from time to time i i i do take jobs you know to to support uh, to pay my rent basically but so hopefully uh i don't have to do that job right now but uh mm. I'm, i'll we'll see what happens but it's it's definitely tough being a musician and paying the rent at the same time because it's hard it's really hard but do you find that that's what inspires like i whenever i talk to musicians i find that hard is what creates uh inspiration for the songs i have to say i have to say actually when i'm struggling with things in my life uh whether it's the economical things or you know relationship things or yeah the relationship with me and myself and i or whatever all these things uh, i have to admit it usually I would say that that's when the the music comes out. After that, after a period of that, then because then I basically I have to write. Yeah, I have to go to the studio and get this thing out. It's not, you know, deliberate maybe or I don't know. It just happens, and if, you know. So I definitely the the struggle is always giving me a lot of mm -hmm. inspiration. We discussed, we discussed earlier the song A Minor Life, which I keep talking about. We're going to talk about the new stuff. But yeah. that was one of your first songs you released. Yeah, that was Did, the first song. Does that ever represent a time in your life? Like you, when you hear that song, you remember everything you were dealing with, the job you had, yeah. any problems or any good things? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a terrible time, I have to say, because uh, <laughs> I had just like been been on tour for a couple of years as a side musician like a accompanying a tour musician for uh, Junip and Jose Gonzalez like an amazing gig you know it's like wow it's like living the life you know it's like out touring in the world I felt like wow yeah. I am someone I'm out touring I, I can pay my rent with a with music wow finally I made it and then the tour stopped you know because they were making new record or whatnot, and I was like, "Wait!" And no one called me at home no longer because they thought I was on a big tour, you know. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait!" And and the girlfriend I had at the time, we broke up, and I was like, "Okay, the money's out. My girlfriend's she she left. Uh, what am I gonna do? Like, what what's my what is this? Like, I didn't even know where where I'm gonna live. Should I? What am I doing? And then I I just and I also was kind of becoming more and more bitter as just being like a sideman for everyone else and just a, a musician helping or, you know, playing people other, other people's songs. And I realized, wait, I'm becoming a really bitter, frustrated guy. Like, I'm 30, you know, and for a couple of years. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I just realized, wait, I mean, I got to make my own music here before I become... A total hundred percent dickhead you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I started making songs and I just like, told myself like I'm gonna finish these songs because I already been all, always been making music but I never finished anything and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an EP mm. I decided that for myself and then at more and more songs and suddenly it was like wait this is 12 10 songs so and then and that is to come back to the question 
yeah, that was the time of a minor life. That was my first album, first EP. That was that whole period. And uh, so now when looking back, ironically then, of course, I'm so happy that I that I had to feel like shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how encouraging were the members of Little Dragon in this process of you getting your music out? Really, really much. I mean, these guys, we, we go way back uh, from, I mean, me and Hawk and the keyboard player, we had a free jazz group for a while, uh, made some really abstract stuff. Uh, too abstract to make it to the public (laughs) (laughs) and uh, Frederick and bass player and me we we studied at the same school for a while and uh, Joachim I know for so many years too and Eric the drummer and and these guys were always supportive and and asking me when I was out touring with other people and just working as a live musician or or whatever there's like but don't you do your own thing especially Joachim was really don't you do your own stuff and I was like yeah I do you know but it's not done it's like me 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 send in my heart I mean I, I, I have to and she just kept on asking you know not pushing just like you know yeah. so hey what's, what's going on uh, you got something so what, what, can I hear something it's like yeah I don't know and then finally one day she knocked at the door when I was actually mixing because then I was at the same place as them recording stuff they were on the second floor I was on the first floor and I was just like, okay, what, what the hell, what am I waiting for? And then I felt like, hey, I have something to show here, I think. Mm-hmm. I played her something, it's like, what? But this is great, you should, what are you hiding for? Go out and show some people. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. And then I, by then I had my mindset, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to. But they, they gave me this last push of, you know, because yeah. someone has listened to it and saying this is something mm-hmm. you should share this yeah so i have a lot to thank them for let's take it to 2019 your new album holding on to a dream yeah what when you look back or even at thinking about it now what does this chapter in your life mean to you with this project i think i with the first album it was really just the, the me fighting against myself you know in order to allow myself to actually do something and, and show it and put to other people and put it out and, and this is still that it's just like a the next sort of chapter like I took the first step making an album I mean I thought I never thought about that they would be released on a label and people you know would hear it I mean many people so this is just I think the natural next chapter of that that same book you know it's hard for me to say what it is about but it's like it's just a regular life struggles you know and and, uh, I don't know I mean I'm 38 now I just realized wait I'm not 21 like this is this is it it's time to do my thing you know because I'm not getting any younger and uh being fortunate enough to just have someone to put out your music I just felt I was in the I had opened the doors just a little bit with digging a tunnel for myself creatively speaking and then I was like wow okay people some people t- seem to dig this and I just felt like okay I'm just I'm gonna just keep on going yeah and uh first at first when i started i was like oh, i don't know what am i doing me me and then i sat in the studio i remember clear out it's like wait 
allow yourself to sound like an idiot allow yourself to sound you know so because when you have too many people in the room right in your head you feel like you're sitting there and it's like oh there's him and her, her and they are so cool and they're like oh they, they can never think then it's impossible to work to get anything done so it's like a beep it you know yeah. I just gotta come on man you yeah. don't have I don't I know what's gonna happen in life I mean this is the time so and then I I don't know just managed to kick the door open and start singing you know talking and yeah it's funny I gotta let you go because I know you gotta swim in the ocean yeah what I'm hearing here to wrap this up is uh, a lot of you pushing you. Yeah, for sure. It's like for therapy. Sure. It's a lot of you pushing it is. you. Totally, totally. I mean, that's uh, my biggest sort of enemy or, you know, these old things you learned maybe from, you know, whatever you've been through in your life and, and, and then internalize it and whatever. And so, so it just, yeah, it's been a lot of me trying to tell the other me to shut up and just yeah. let me do my thing and not be you know the parrot on their shoulder like me, 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 you, you, this bullshit that's a yeah. silly song that's a, what are you talking about that lyric sucks but it's like shut up uh-huh. let me do this so uh, yeah you're right you uh, got it right that's just what I hear but I mean it's true I'm gonna let you go soon but I have to say one more thing out of you pushing you there's been a lot of beauty Thank you a lot so of times much. there's no beauty behind you pushing you, <laughs> but you actually have a, a track record of, of beauty. So oh, thank you so much. What's the, what's up with the name too? I had to ask you about Sir Was. Yeah, it's a silly name, right? And I, I like it. A, <laughs> I wanted a name that just was because I realized when I started making the songs and and uh, it's like whoa, okay, this is some uh, like. <laughs> A lot of emotions going on here and I felt like I need to take a step back I need a name that's not too pretentious like because their songs are already so yeah, yeah. pretentious yeah. so it's like I need a little bit of silly name and that my name is Westberg uh-huh. so I thought like sir was maybe I'll name my same as sirs yeah. sir <laughs> I mean I, only I can do that I need yeah. to feel like a sir was and the, but then I felt like I'm not a real sir. I'm just a sir with a small s. And of course, I've regretted this many times because oh, people always get it wrong. But it, it's a small s. Sir was. So, I don't know. It's a silly name. I like it. Thank you. Well, thanks for hanging out with me on Venice Beach. Thank you so much. Likewise. Safe travels. You too, man. Public Space is a production of Next Chapter Podcasts. NCP elevates bold, authentic voices to enlighten and inspire audiences seeking truth and human connection. Check out ncpodcast.com. All right, everybody, we're out. Stay tuned. Follow us on socials. Find me at Anthony Valadez and uh, more episodes coming your way. Have a great week. Peace.